0: Chapter Fourteen of Chrome Yellow by Aldous Huxley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Fourteen. For their after-luncheon coffee, the party generally adjourned to the library. Its windows looked east, and at this hour of the day, it was the coolest place in the whole house. It was a large room fitted during the eighteenth century with white-painted shelves of an elegant design in the middle of one wall a door ingeniously upholstered with rows of dummy books gave access to a deep cupboard where among a pile of letter files and old newspapers the mummy-case of an egyptian lady brought back by the second sir ferdinando on his return from the grand tour mouldered in the darkness from ten yards away and at a first glance one might almost have mistaken this secret door for a section of shelving filled with genuine books coffee-cup in hand mr scogan was standing in front of the dummy bookshelf between the sips he discoursed the bottom shelf he was saying is taken up by an encyclopaedia in fourteen volumes useful but a little dull as is also caprimulge's dictionary of the finnish language the biographical dictionary looks more promising. Biography of men who were born great. Biography of men who achieved greatness. Biography of men who had greatness thrust upon them. And biography of men who were never great at all. Then there were ten volumes of Tom's Works and Wanderings, while The Wild Goose Chase, a novel, by an anonymous author, fills no less than six. But well, what's this? What's this? Mr. Scogan stood on tiptoe and peered up seven volumes of the tales of knoxpotch the tales of knoxpotch he repeated "Oh, my dear henry he said turning round these are your best books i would willingly give all the rest of your library for them the happy possessor of a multitude of first editions mr wimbush could afford to smile indulgently is it possible mr scogan went on that they possess nothing more than a back and a title he opened the cupboard door and peeped inside as though he hoped to find the rest of the books behind it "Pooh," he said and shut the door again it smells of dust and mildew how symbolical one comes to the great masterpieces of the past expecting some miraculous illumination and one finds on opening them only darkness and dust and a faint smell of decay after all what is reading but a vice like drink or venery or any other form of excessive self-indulgence one reads to tickle and amuse one's mind one reads above all to prevent oneself thinking still the tales of noxpotch he paused and thoughtfully drummed with his fingers on the backs of the non-existent unattainable books but i disagree with you about reading said mary about serious reading i mean quite right mary quite right mr scogan answered i had forgotten there were any serious people in the room i like the idea of the biographies said denis there's room for us all within the scheme it's comprehensive yes the biographies are good the biographies are excellent mr scogan agreed i imagine them written in a very elegant regency style brighton pavilion in words perhaps by the great doctor lempriere himself you know his classical dictionary ah mr scogan raised his hand and let it limply fall again in a gesture which implied that words failed him read his biography of helen read how jupiter disguised as a swan was enabled to avail himself of his situation vis-a-vis and to think that he may have must have written these biographies of the great what a work henry and owing to the idiotic arrangement of your library it can't be read i prefer the wild goose chase said anne a novel in six volumes it must be restful restful mr scogan repeated you've hit on the right word a wild goose chase is sound but a bit old-fashioned pictures of clerical life in the fifties you know specimens of the landed gentry peasants for pathos and comedy and in the background always the picturesque beauties of nature soberly described all very good and solid but like certain puddings just a little dull personally i like much better the notion of tom's works and wanderings the eccentric mr tom of tom's hill old tom-tom as his intimates used to call him he spent ten years in Tibet organizing the clarified butter industry on modern european lines and was able to retire at thirty-six with a handsome fortune the rest of his life he devoted to travel and radiocination here is the result mr scogan tapped the dummy books and now we come to the tales of knoxpotch what a masterpiece and what a great man knoxpotch knew how to write fiction ah denis if you could only read knoxpotch you wouldn't be writing a novel about the wearisome development of a young man's character you wouldn't be describing in endless fastidious detail cultured life in chelsea and bloomsbury and hampstead you would be trying to write a readable book but then alas owing to the peculiar arrangement of our host's library you never will read knoxpotch nobody could regret the fact more than i do said denis it was Knoxbotch, mr scogan continued the great knoxpotch who delivered us from the dreary tyranny of the realistic novel my life knoxpotch said is not so long that i can afford to spend precious hours writing or reading descriptions of middle-class interiors he said again i am tired of seeing the human mind bogged in a social plenum i prefer to paint it in a vacuum freely and sportively bombinating i say said gombo knock was a little obscure sometimes wasn't he he was mr scogan replied and with intention it made him seem even profounder than he actually was but it was only in his aphorisms that he was so dark and oracular in his tales he was always luminous oh those tales those tales how shall i describe them fabulous characters shoot across his pages like gaily dressed performers on the trapeze there are extraordinary adventures and still more extraordinary speculations intelligences and emotions relieved of all the imbecile preoccupations of civilized life move in intricate and subtle dances crossing and recrossing advancing retreating impinging an immense erudition and an immense fancy go hand in hand all the ideas of the present and of the past on every possible subject bob up among the tales smile gravely or grimace a caricature of themselves then disappear to make place for something new the verbal surface of his writing is rich and fantastically diversified the wit is incessant the- but couldn't you give us a specimen Dennis broke in a concrete example alas mr scogan replied Knoxpot's great book is like the sword excalibur it remains stuck fast in this door awaiting the coming of a writer with genius enough to draw it forth i am not even a writer i am not so much as qualified to attempt the task the extraction of Knoxpot from his wooden prison i leave my dear Dennis, to you thank you said Dennis. End of chapter 14. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.